Welcome to another episode of the Original Marketing Podcast, episode 15. 15. Dude, that's pretty... We're getting up there. So I saw a stat, Brady. Yeah? It was like How many 90... episodes it takes yeah, to yeah, get a yeah, view? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 90% of podcasts never like fail after like five or six episodes. Mm-hmm. Another 90% of those fail after like 12. Yeah. And it's like if you make it to 21, I think it was almost 21, you're good. And you're, you're Joe Rogan. You just got to do 21 I mean, when I discover a podcast on YouTube or like Kill Tony, I don't know if you know that comedy podcast. I was going to say, it sounds like a real uplifter. No, it's this comedian <laughs> who he does a live podcast. So he's at a venue okay. and he pulls from a bucket and people sign up and they do one minute of comedy and then he just roasts them. And he gets like Joe Rogan and people to join him on stage. Anyway, okay. I discovered it. Episode 700. In something, it's just that every week he's Jeez. doing it. Every Monday, he's changed venues, and now it's gaining like big traction. So we gotta do 700 episodes before we. No, get I'm just traction. saying, like yeah. I, it's nicest. Like it's just all commitment. To your point, it's a lot of commitment. Yeah. Hey, we haven't taken a week off. I don't think. Never. No. We're allergic to weeks off. Brady. No, we we go on Fridays. We'll do a Wednesday if we have to. <laughs> we make it happen, and. Any updates from the weekend? So I was in Vegas for a baby shower. This guy's life. He's always in Vegas. I know, man. So that was like a that was a Friday night flight. Got back last night. But it was fun. Stayed at my my cousin's having a baby. So we stayed at his house and helped prep for the baby shower on Friday night when we flew in. There they had probably a thousand balloons. We were up till almost midnight. No, you didn't blow them all, man. No, they had a pump because they were double layered. So it gets this nice matte finish. There's a black balloon inside the colored balloon because if you didn't have that, it would be too clear. So it ruined the party. I mean, you couldn't tell everyone the gender without two balloons. Yeah. No, they already had the gender out. So they were. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a gender announcement. But I think she had. I golfed that morning because we weren't invited. So my cousin and I golfed. But they had like 50 people there. Yeah, it was. What were the appetizers? Because I'm always curious about these ladies only parties, like what they do with the hors d'oeuvres. I definitely got scraps because we okay. had dinner there after. Just I had a ton of family. It's like in jalapeno town. poppers or? No. Okay. There was a. <laughs> I ate a lot of the cheese plate. Okay. A little charcuterie. Yeah. I actually don't know what they had for lunch. We like ordered pizza that night. Let's see. But no, they had a whole yeah, spread and mimosas. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Her dad is like, makes great old fashioned. So. I was putting those to the test. So successful trip. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Just busy. Got in, got out. Yeah, I got home last night. Just like, okay. (laughs) Back. Let's have a micro weekend and then just go back to it. I love it. It was fun, though. That's awesome, man. What'd you do? Friday was a golf tournament. Oh, yeah? I donated. How'd you do? It was a scramble. I left right Scrambling? I left right after we were done playing. I've never done a scramble before. So, They're fun. So pressureless. Yeah. I do it with my father-in-law for like Father's Day and I think 4th of July every year. Yeah, it's awesome. I didn't realize like a scramble is great if you don't take golf serious. Like I'm not taking golf serious right now. So just going out there, I had a couple big moments for my group, you know, mm-hmm. and I can remember those. Yeah. Like they needed a putt. I made that putt. Yep. They needed some good drives. I had some good drives. Yep. I felt like a real contributing member of the team. Yeah, they're tons of fun. Like if someone gets a good drive in the fairway and you're up next, like you can just swing for the fences, swing out of your shoes. And when it does slice two doesn't holes matter. over, it doesn't matter. We were playing to Harris. I only lost tough. two balls. I was actually playing. Oh, that's actually really good for yeah. that, that course. course. Yeah, I know. I was playing pretty decent. Saturday, um, kids day. Just wanted to do a bunch of fun stuff with the kids. Nice. Um, and then I took the lady out at night, met up okay. with Max. Okay. Somehow. Wasn't planned. Well, didn't he have like a birthday boat thing in Newport? There may or may not have been fireball shots. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I may or may not have, you know, helped him celebrate his birthday. Nice. And then Sunday was Rams game with Tanner. Very cool. Little yeah, I didn't late. see any fish on Instagram, so I didn't know if you didn't go on the boat or were just I lost an engine, Brady. I lost an engine. That's why you bought two. It needs both. I did not know that. I thought with one engine, I'd be fine. No, I was going eight knots, which is about nine miles per hour. Yeah. And I was 
an hour and 20 minutes out with both engines. I was four hours out with one. It's like 9.30 p.m. You're just putzing home. Were you alone? No, my brother was with me. Oh, nice. And we had a good time, but I was very much in the middle of the ocean going eight miles per hour. It was a little stormy out there. Yeah. And you're just... I'm watching that time to destination. I can't make the boat go faster. It was like torture for a guy like me. Yeah. You're just stuck going as slow as humanly possible. Dang. Yeah. But, you know, it was a great weekend. you got back. Yeah, I got back. Healthy. Nice. Learned a lot. Had a great time. And then, you know, at Directive, I'm getting a little closer to the work. Doing some project sign-offs. A little NSM support with the group. Helping us do even better work for accounts. So, you know, a little... A little change of pace for yeah. me, a little less corporate and a little bit more in the marketing, which I love. I yeah, mean, that's nice why I started a marketing weeds. business instead of a one-on-one business. <laughs> it's way more fun doing the marketing than just one-on-ones and like yeah. corporate orders. Got to get in the mix so that we have things to talk about. I know, baby. <laughs> so I got a good one for us today for advertising jealousy that I actually really like. Do we want to start with yours, though? Or Either we... one. Let's get it rolling. Let's do mine. Let's yeah. do mine. So I came across this as an Instagram ad. Okay. Um, and because you were talking about sunglasses, no, yeah, no. I'm sure it was like super sunny on the boat. You forgot your sunglasses, and you're just talking to your brother, like, "Man, I wish I had sunglasses, sunglasses, some really sunglasses. cool '60s style, but still high end sunglasses." And then you're on Instagram. I get it. That isn't what happened. Okay. <laughs> I recently bought uh, glasses, though, so I'm sure I'm in some type of yes. audience. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's just how it always works. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I had listen. a crazy one the other weekend, but we'll talk. No, what was later. it? What a timeout before we get here. What was the crazy one? Cause so I went to my aunt and uncle's for a pizza party. Okay. And I was pouring myself some wine and my aunt was next to me and she's like, I've been getting into whiskey and we just whiskey, 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 talking whiskey. And then the next day, my entire feed, 10 ads in a row were whiskey. Granted, as I'm doing my research, the argument is her algorithm, she's been buying whiskey. I know she buys a lot online, so I'm sure she bought the bottle we were talking about online. And because I was in proximity with her, her ad algorithm jumps over to me because they assume the IP address. Yeah, the IP address. And we're going to talk about whiskey because the she Wi-Fi. just recently showed. Yeah. So that's why they're saying it happened. But I talked about a lot of things with a lot of people. Scarlett, you said that you've been you've been having problems too, correct? Here, Scarlett, take the mic real quick. Tell the listeners. <laughs> tell the listeners what kind of ads you've been getting. So anything that Garrett and Brady mentioned on this podcast is on my work laptop. And nothing in correlation with my phone. What about the YouTube that you run for us? No, I don't have it on my phone. And every I mean, that I could be cross-device because your phone's on the work Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm not... I, honestly, we're, like, building up this... I'm, like, the only person left in this room that doesn't I'm just waiting for, listening. like, the FBI or someone to just take us away. Like, <laughs> wasn't there that guy who figured out how to run a car on water? No one knows where he's at. No one knows. <laughs> no. So I kind of want to end that segment. Oh, my gosh. You'll never end it. You bring it up every episode. Right? I know I'm never going to end it. <laughs> I know you are. All right. So this is let's break down this ad. I was on Instagram. Um, I am a nostalgic human who feels like he should have been born in the 60s. I'll be honest. That is true about me. And I feel like I just love the 60s. And then they gave me this wasn't like because I love the 60s. This is just their ad theme yeah. is the 60s. And I got jealous. I'm not going to lie. Like, they crush this ad. It has emotion. It has vibe. It has product shot. It has beautiful people. It has a whole theme. One of the best D2C ads I've seen recently. I've never heard of the brand before. Mainly because I'm a peasant. I saw the glasses are like 500 bucks, And I was like, I'll add to cart, but I'm not going to buy. You know what I mean? Like, when you have a product that's way too expensive, you're like, you do a little add to cart, but you don't buy. Yeah, totally. You don't buy them at all. <laughs> I mean, they never would, would buy expensive Who would buy all of her people's sunglasses? I like, don't know. Like, I recently bought these because they're from a brand I like called Tens. Yeah. But they were 65 bucks. 
And so I was like, oh, it's a bit so much. I bought these in Japan. Okay. And so I didn't have to pay taxes on them. And it was a birthday gift and it was a honeymoon trip. And I've worn them every day for three years straight. So my cost per day is. They were probably like a couple hundred cents. Bucks. They were a lot of money. But I actually went to the Oliver People's store in like early college and okay. saw flat lens sunglasses yeah. from Japan. And I've wanted them so since they inspired then. it. Oh, yeah. No, these are all of our peoples, and these ones are made oh, in Japan. Oh, those are all of our Yes, pe- that's why I did that oh, whole bit. Oh, my goodness. But look at their flat lenses, so they're not oh, like made Let me try like some of these on. Let me try some of these all of our peoples. No free ads. They're called the board members or boardroom. Oh, these are clean. What do we think? I love them. We pull yeah, them off. Yeah, they look great. Oh, yeah. These are a vibe. But yeah, they're flat. So you can even look in the corner, and you, you get like a direct reflection. I didn't know you got it like that, though, bro. These are, you know, like I saw said, anniversary, cost. birthday yeah, gift. Yeah, 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 and yeah. the gift was Christmas. my wife allowed me to use my credit card to buy them on my birthday. <laughs> there <laughs> you was go. A gift. What a I got gift. approval to purchase them, but yeah. I love these sunglasses. All right. Well, let's see the brand. Let's yeah, show let's the check app. it out. Glass is so good, you missed the flight form. Yeah. I love it. I love all the personas. I know. Because these are, I think these are called like board meeting. So they're very like business professionals, like their persona of the sunglass. Yeah, because I, I think the concept is, right, when you put on these glasses, you become something else. Yeah. I don't know. They just crush it. And then what I loved is if you go to, um, okay, do me a favor, Scarlett. Go to command, like give me a new tab and then go to Facebook ad library. I thought this would be a cool way to also to kind of change the show a little bit from what we normally do. So what I did is I prepped this for us. So then go search over there for all of our peoples for me. I'll go all ads. So on ad category, just search uh, all ads. Yeah, yeah I'm we're sure on, people don't even know you can do this. Yeah, we're on Facebook.com, their ads library, okay? Now search in all of our peoples for me, Scarlett. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, you can do this. Yeah. And if you're on their oh. Facebook page, it's under transparency. You're a little quick. So try that again, Scarlett. Um, and then get rid of the space. I don't know if there's an S. Oliver. Uh, yeah, it might just be Oliver. There you go. So click on that one. And now you can see all their ads. So what I thought was cool was not only the video segment, which I found on their YouTube, but then all the ways they're bringing mm. Jet Set to the golden age of travel, the 1960s. And they kind of have all of these ads, which is the ad yeah. I saw this uh one with the girl i think with the glasses or the dude and they crush it so what i liked about it was yeah sure you can get a guy who looks like um superman what's the guy's what's the real super superman's normal name uh gosh i don't know ken uh clark ken clark ken looks like clark kent doesn't he but you can get a good-looking person like that, which is great. But then if you don't tie it into a broader theme, I don't think it creates emotion. And so I think the the way they did the 1960s theme for what I believe is their fall catalog mm-hmm. and then did the video work to support it and executed it all so well, well, definitely selling the glasses while also making me kind of watch a movie trailer was yeah. really cool. And I'm sure the 60s are like in – high-end fashion as like a theme right now like i just noticed like mm. even those pastel colors like that pastel nude on the clock like the skins like, like the I've kim k seeing. stuff well that's like kim k's brand like yeah. a lot of the influencer stuff is that nude style that's kind of back in right now it's very popular um 
I don't know. It's awesome. I guess, yeah, bell-bottom jeans came back for women. So that would be a lot you of kind any? of. No, I don't have no. any. Yeah. I kind of like boot cut. If okay. I have to, every once in a while, I'll throw some boots on. But I love it. What do you think, man? Is there anything you like stood out to you? I mean, I love their brand just coming into this. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you already have experience. You own the plus. Yeah, I own it. Crazy. It was to me, it was like risky. It was like, okay, I've wanted these for a decade, like yeah. the flat lenses. And it, it was more like, oh, it happens to be very expensive. So I was sold so much on just the look and feel the sunglasses to the point where I was like, you know what? It's my honeymoon. It's my birthday. Swag. We're in Japan. These yeah. are made in Japan. I got to get them. Um, what was the store experience when you walked in? Did do you feel like the brand made you understand the so, price better? Like, did, do you know what I'm saying? Was there any yeah, connection to you on that purchase? It wasn't at an Oliver People's store. It was at like a North skyscraper yeah. mall, and so it was a sunglass store. Okay, um, but like yeah, sunglass they, hut, but kind of yeah. They definitely had like higher end stuff. Um, but they were super nice, and I actually looked at them. I tried them on and went to dinner. And then when we came back down, I was like thinking about it all dinner. And then my wife was like, just do it. Yes. Because tax free. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's time to get them. That's um, awesome. But no, I mean, they were super nice about it. They weren't even pushy. It's just one of those purchases where they're like, yeah, if you're still thinking about it. We're open till whenever. Yeah, I love that because I think there are a lot of buyers like myself. And this is what I think is so important about branding and just not like branding in the sense that redoing your brand, but like brand advertising, brand marketing doing things to create emotional connection with your followers or your audience or your customers, whoever that is, is because I think a lot of people do what I did with these. I loved them. I found the exact pair I wanted. Mm -hmm. They were too expensive, but I put them in my cart because when I put things in my cart, I get the remarketing ads Yeah, and I can see how much I actually like them. And I think a lot of people do that. Even people who aren't in marketing and advertising will put things in their cart, but not buy them right away. Yeah. Just to see if they can get from that, like that internal, it's not buyer's remorse. It's maybe like buyer apathy or buyer hesitation. Yeah, it's not an impulse buy. No, it's and not. So, but I think they have the marketing to support that. Yeah. Right? If you see that video a bit more, you happen to go by the shop at South Coast and say, hey, now I'm here in person. Let me see if they have this pair. Like, that'd be a great ad to show me, by the way. Like, I think at this point, if you have a user, right, a buyer, mm -hmm. and they've been on your website, and maybe you have beacons, so you know if they've been in your store or not. But you know for a fact they've been on your website and they've added something to cart. Yeah. I think a great retargeting ad would be pushing them to a store. Oh, yeah. The next time you're at Din Tai Fung, your feed should be blowing up. Correct. With all of our peoples. Yeah, that could you, be like yeah. a geofenced, like if you're within five miles of an all of our people's store yeah. and you have something in the cart, you retargeting ads to drive people oh, to the store. Yeah. I don't know if they do that, but like I would definitely have that as a step in my buyer strategy my buyer mm -hmm. like journey strategy mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah because that's what got it for me is i remember seeing them from like a decade ago just flat lenses is all i kind of remembered i don't know if it was this exact pair but that was enough to once i was in the store and i i like spotted them again and then when i tried them on is when it was it it. really was like oh shoot will you pull up all over people's real quick scarlet i wanted to ask you a question brady do you think virtual try on like for yeah. a five hundred dollar, six hundred dollar pair. Of, I mean, these are not cheap glasses. So I'll show you the ones I liked. Um, I liked. Keep going. I liked. Uh, keep going. What do they call? It? I took a screenshot of them just for this. Let me see. I'm gonna pull it up real quick for us. I forget their name now. Gregory Peck's son narrow fitting. Those are up near the top, I think. I saw them. There they go down a little bit. Gregory Peck's son. Those ones on the left. I like those ones. Yeah, 486 bucks. It was a lot. So I didn't buy them. But I liked them. See, I'm a nose pad kind of guy. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. They don't, well, oh, they have what like do you the, oh, these nose pads. Yeah. I have those on my favorite pair, actually. I didn't even think about that. Keep going, though. So then they go here, and I saw this, and I was like, kind of, but not my face, right? So keep going. And then this was nice for me to know. I was like, oh, made in Italy, cool, blah, blah, blah. And then they had some of this. So I was like, okay, whatever. Then they had this virtual try-on. So I didn't have time to do this, and I was on my computer. But once again, I don't feel like that person has the same face as me, but they're narrow, and I know I do well on narrow glasses. But I don't know if I would do virtual try-on for 500 bucks and be like, I'm sold because yeah. this. 
photo of like I don't know. That's tough sell for me. Well, I, I think for us, we're probably similar in that way. Okay. But I do think the majority of their buyers, they don't even think about this purchase. I, I, it's a hard one for me to swallow. I think the most expensive glasses I've ever bought were like 170. Yeah, bucks. this is the most materialistic purchase purchase I've had since I. You don't regret it though, right? No, not at all. I actually this weekend I talked to Lindsay about a backup pair. I love them so much. Oh, backup pair, same model. Same. I love them so much that I was like, "What happens if I they break and they stop making them?" You need to turn this into an ad, all for people's. You got this guy over here just eating. I don't out think of your I'll hands. ever get to that point where I have it, but I honestly had that conversation this weekend. That's how much I love these. What sunglasses. a crazy timing for the podcast for the show. Yeah, no, when you brought them up, that's why I joked about like, <laughs> should I wear mine all episode? Dude, I've been head down all day. <laughs> I had not a chance to look at even my slack. I just, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like the, so, the Ultra Boost, you know, the ones that have the sock. Yeah. They don't make those anymore. And I'm trying to get you're another on eBay pair on like, eBay and they're like 300 bucks. I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah, just so now you realize I can't let that happen to me again over here. Yeah, there's a couple of things that yeah. I wish I could just have the rest of my life. No, I love that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, virtual try on, you think people will do? I think so. I mean, they're pretty good. Click we've the been, bun, Scarlett. Let's see how good they are. I didn't actually click the bun. We've been getting see. some like AR related um, prospects. Yeah. So I've been like looking into the virtual try-ons and it's pretty impressive how realistic they can look. Why well, aren't we doing stuff with like the biggest people in that? Oh, Scarlett's yeah. going to do it first. No, no, Scarlett. Do whoa, it. whoa, whoa. You trying on the Gregory's? There's no way someone no. would buy $500 glasses on that experience. I knew they would look like that. It looks like a Snapchat filter. I mean, for me, it's... It's not uh, a bad thing. Work pretty quick. I remember I used to help a guy at PeopleSpace. Remember him? What was his name? Which one? He had the virtual try-on tech like nine years ago. Tall, skinny dude, flew planes. Uh, the two engineers? No, no, no. White dude. Always wore like the white button-up. I'm blanking on his name. Kind of a bigger guy or no? No, skinny, no. tall. I don't remember. Oh, I forget his name. But he was like a like an engineer. Like he was an engineer, mm-hmm. and he wrote an app that did this before it was like popular. Yeah, but that was pretty quick. So I haven't seen the new tech. But I agree with Scarlett. Like I want to feel. Oh, you got to like, look out of them. You got to like, You got to see if you like what you see, right? Yeah. And for me, it's all about like, does it sit on my face? Because correct, I had a pair of Ray Bans that didn't have nose pads. And fall too much. If I like went on a hike with them and I went to tie my shoes, they'd fall off my face. And then you have to get them too tight, so now you're getting headaches from your head because they yeah. fall off your nose. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I think it helps them. Yeah, it does. Right? It's better than and not have, having they it. They have stores, so they have brick and mortars, right? In South Coast Plaza is the only. Do they one drive I know. me to their store anywhere on here, real quick? Let's go look for real quick. If there's like a. If you go up. Uh, no. They've tried them on, but they don't have like visitors. Like a store finder is usually. You see, that's why I was so thrown off, Brady. Yeah. That's why I brought them up. I never heard of them before. I'm not really that into like higher end products. I want to be. Who doesn't want to be? But I hadn't understood it. No, that's not the ah, same. Site map, nice. Scarlet's doing their SEO. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all over people's. I think they they would do well. Um. Oh, there's a store no. locator. Nice. If they send us more to their stores. Um. Like I think you can do now on a website. You can have Google ask for location. And then you could customize the experience that oh, way. Have one at Fashion Island. Yeah. So I would do that because I think it's helpful to people. If you're going to spend $500 on glasses to look out of them, touch them, feel them. Yeah. See how they fit on you. But hey, that's all over people's. Brady, who do you have for advertising jealousy? So I went vintage. Okay. Today. Um, you know, I don't mind that. I know you like the vintage ads and I know you like cars. So, you know, I'm just trying to read the room here uh-huh. um but i like these ads because of the simplicity and i feel like you know the car industry is almost beyond this point so this ad is from the 1930s and so i don't get this ad explain it to me really no i, I was actually curious because no, i'm like lost right that's now. why i like the ad so what do you okay. think this spend some time on it like what do you okay blow it up for me make it full screen that's it 1930s 
I'll give you a hint. I get how the middle gets into the last because they can't because it's so not so aerodynamic. I'll, I'll give you, you a hint. The car it. they're selling is the one on the bottom. Correct. So it's uh it's faster, more aerodynamic. So essentially, the wind can't hold on to you. They're selling just aerodynamics. Okay, like yeah. this is back in the '30s where they weren't even really thinking about that, and I, so they built this aerodynamic car, and they're using this like wind guy to show how aerodynamics works. Yeah, I like. Okay, so a couple things. I like two to three. I didn't understand one to two to three. That's where I got lost. So one, I think that's just their logo. Okay, so my brain did go, does go top to yeah. bottom. So I got lost not in between two and three, but in, in between one and two, Brady. Yeah, so they're trying to still represent aerodynamics in the logo okay. visual, but then two and three is really just the kind of Model T type cars yep. that were being made, and then they came out with this car all to show like aerodynamics and speed. What do you think about the fact that they made Wind Evil? So it has a serpent's tail and it has like the kind of Satan nose. What's your take on? Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. So like, Snob's sorry, I look guy. at all the these types of like they're trying to they're trying to make the wind evil. Do you think the wind? We don't do a lot of evil now in our ads. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, I think, vintage ads. I mean, they're the most. It's crazy going through vintage ads. Yeah. For the most part, they're sexist. Makes sense. Like, it is wild seeing... Well, women didn't vote back then. I mean, that was an entirely different culture. I mean, that... It was yeah, just, it, like, it's yeah. just crazy to go through, like, archives of vintage ads. But, yeah, I think they're totally making it evil and saying it's holding you back. Yeah, it's a bad thing, is... Wind is bad. Bad aerodynamics. You don't go as fast, and then they're just showing how. And I think in the 90s, they did those wind tunnel commercials. I remember those. Where it's like a fog machine, a wind tunnel to show aerodynamics, but you don't really see much of it. It's now assumed, right? Outside of Mythbusters dropping the trunk on a pickup truck to see if you get better MPG. They did a lot of that. They did a lot of um, some of the logos had like a mo movement in the logos mm. to show like I think Lexus did this, correct? I think Lexus's logo was like hand drawn lines that showed. Like air and aerodynamics, yeah. it's kind of like speed and like agility. I think it's interesting. So that top logo, now this is always out of context, right? So I don't know who Tatra is. Yeah, I never heard of them either. So and is this like a newspaper ad? Like this was just a scanned ad. I do wish they had put their logo on their vehicle. Mm -hmm. because I don't know if everyone would know which one's the Tatra and which one's not. Yeah. So it is hard. Like maybe if I could see the front of the vehicle and the bottom a little bit. So if you made the angle a little bit more into me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's coming off the page and I could see the grill. Cause I think most people care about the frontal. If you think about the way we do car ads now, I'd argue most start with you being able to see the front grill. Yeah. But I think back then, just from the looks of this and yeah. knowing it's from the like mid thirties, yeah, early, early, yeah. that car is gonna stand out like a Cybertruck on the road, you know? Oh yeah. So I don't know how much like I'd be so curious about that. Like, did people all know that car just by seeing it on the streets? And do you want to own the car that has these types of ads? Like, is this the most innovative car out there? I do like the drawing of the bad wind. Because they created movement, I think, really well. Yeah. So if you notice on the second image in the middle, the white line on the door only makes it to in front of his fingers. See how that's the air? So if you yeah. go down a little bit, Scarlet, on your mouse, right there to the left. See that white line? Mm -hmm. Up above, actually, a little bit above. That one, yeah. See how it goes there? That's the end of it. Now go down. Look what happens on that one. See how it goes all the way yeah. back? And then see how he's like flying with the wind. They do a really good job. Um, drawing like slipping out of his hands and... yeah drawing motion they do a really good job because it would all be still did there was there any copy associated with the no. so the next one has copy and it's not as old it was interesting to see if you could grasp the concept without any words or not i did get to the concept yeah i didn't understand the one two three because my brain went one two three when it should have yep. gone yep one and two yep and i do wish they had more of a side angle because without color, I wish I got to see the whole thing. Yeah. 
It was dope. That makes sense. Oh, this is interesting. So this is a, a Triumph ad, and they do like a price comparison while still like yeah, yeah. I feel like they felt like they did products so well at a low cost that they could run an ad like this. So this kind of reminds me of like pricing comparison psychology that we see even on SaaS websites within like I know there's competitor pages, but like even within your own pricing plans, you kind of stage a certain product at a certain price. And so they're just talking about is that euros or pounds? That is That's that pound. Pound. Or so for two thousand, you know, sterling pounds, this is how much Ferrari you could buy, Lamborghini, Porsche, and then you can get the whole triumph. And I'm curious how competitive that zero to sixty is. You see it on this the right hand side copy second line, eleven point three seconds, baby. What year is this? I can I I don't know. It looks like is it seventies? Sixty. I can find I looked for that in the copy. What year does it look? You know cars better than I do. I don't know the Triumph well. I know the Porsche, and I'm just trying to figure out. They had that model. I forget when they had that, like, um, tail. Now, here's my thing that is standing out to me as an advertiser. Does everyone here know that Ferraris and Lamborghinis are more than Porsches? I think most people know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But we didn't make the Porsche the size of it is what I find interesting. So, like, notice how they have, like, the Lamborghini and the Porsche size of the car, I feel like, is the same while the Ferrari's smaller. I think it would have made more sense if you had Ferrari at the top and he, you only got a little part of it. Well, I think they're showing... I didn't measure it out, but they're saying 2000 gets you less Ferrari, but more Lamborghini, and then it looks like you get a little more Porsche, and then it gets you... All of the triumph. Yeah, because I, I like to think about the conversations they must have had for like. Because they show different parts of the car. Yeah, I think that's just to balance out. The yeah, ad. to balance it out. Yeah, but I was curious if they would have like had Ferrari up to here, Lamborghini up to here, Porsche up to here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very good. I, that's yeah. where my head is at, like, in a, like where I look at it right away, though. Yeah, I think they're honestly, they're selling to a market that really shouldn't have a sports car, right? They probably mm-hmm. are family. They probably still need to drive the kids around. They need at least one car to fit the whole family. And so, but it's the person's dream to have a sports car. And I think they're just positioning that dream to where they'd be like, oh, like, I'm not getting a Porsche. I'm not getting a Lamborghini. It's not a Ferrari. It only costs this much. And it has that small car. It's a coupe, right? It looks like it could turn corners. It looks like you'd have fun going, you know, the Big Sur Road in the Triumph. So I just like the style of advertisement. I think they're just entering. They're selling it to someone who without ads like this or even a car like this, they wouldn't be driving a two-door coupe convertible. I like the copy at the bottom a lot. Yeah, I love how, I mean... Now I feel like you can't be this wordy, but whenever I look at vintage ads, there's a lot of copy, but it's done so well. What did Ogilvy say? You can do copy, you just can't do bad. (laughs) I think that's, you know, they used to say people don't read even back then, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, people, no one's been reading since I'm sure the first person read. Everybody said nobody reads, right? Yeah. So I think, I don't think that's some new development, some new argument. Intention spans are decreasing. I'm like, I don't know about that. People have been saying mm-hmm. that's from the beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sell the family heirlooms. Don't sell your home. Like, you don't know. Well, to... They don't just call it the home, though. Look at the way they use adverbs. Don't sell the stately home. Yeah. So to your point, when you said they, this is where I was kind of actually disagreeing with you a little bit in my head, was you said they were selling to someone who could never, have, like, I actually would argue. They're selling someone who could afford a Porsche, but would only add the Porsche to cart and not actually buy it. Yeah. So I think they're selling someone who could afford all of her people's glasses without making you buy all of her people's glasses. Yeah, but I think if they're still saying, like, don't family heirlooms, you know, I guess like a few 
special cases of wine Who? is an interesting comparison. I know that's how right, that's, that's, what, the, that's the Ferrari buyer for sure. That's what threw me off to your comment is that line. It wasn't the first two because that didn't get me. I was like, oh, you could say that for anybody. But the dude, I know people who buy cases of special wine and they can definitely afford a Porsche. So do you think it's going after the market and kind of saying like, you don't need another car, just buy this toy. Like I this think, is a toy that's going to fill that void in your heart that you're shopping Ferrari, Lamborghini, Porsche for, but you don't have to get a car, get this toy. It's going to do the same thing for you and not like someone who shouldn't be buying any of these cars and just living that dream of a coupe. Yeah. Maybe the word's frugal. Yeah. Maybe they're selling someone who has money. Because I would argue 2,000 pounds back then is probably enough money that if you didn't have money, this ad wasn't for you. Yeah. But if you did have money and you wanted a sports car and you weren't a sworn to anyone, mm -hmm. you could get with this. Yep. Or you could get with that. And I think they do a good job of that. That's where my... And like, look at the last lines. Like, and with 33 miles per gallon, you've got to be an oil chic not to appreciate yeah, the Triumph like Spitfire. So they're a real sports car that gives you all the joy of sun, wind, and growling cylinders if you want them. And all the luxury of deep reclining seats, thick carpets, and immaculate finish if you don't. So they're not saying that they are for someone who wants a Rolls Royce and a very classy car. And they're not saying they're someone for if you want the fastest car. They're saying you got a great finish, you have some power, you've got an affordable price, you got it all. Yeah, they're saying we have it all. Yeah, so maybe it is just the person who can't afford it, but just doesn't think they need a sports car in their life. That's kind of my take on it, because I think yeah. it's a weird... You and I don't do that a lot in our positioning with our customers. Well, yeah, it's, it's this is such unique positioning. I think it was a unique car. Yeah, because a lot of times you either advertise to the haves or you advertise to the have-nots. And they just went right in the middle almost have ish they do the, the have ish yeah this is for the have ish because you still have to have two thousand pounds of auxiliary income yeah and enough freedom in your life i'm sure back then what the interest rate on a car loan might be 20 percent. <laughs> at least probably yeah, yeah it was nasty yeah so you know debt's not cheap right <laughs> and 11 Point three though I don't think is great. No, but I think back then it was competitive. The Porsche probably did six though. Six and seven seconds maybe eight. Oh, it looks pretty light. It is light. It looks like a Miata, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of has a bit of a Miata, or kind of like a almost like a Shelby Cobra vibe. <laughs> yeah. I see. I Triumph just says the motorcycles now. I didn't know that they were doing cars back then. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen. I think I may have seen one of these ever. It's an English built, right? So I think Jaguar and all those came later. Yeah, maybe. Is but, that the is? It's the same Triumph you think as the motorcycle? Yeah, it has to be Triumph. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, it would have to. In my head, it has yeah, to be. Oh yeah, it's because it's English. It's Spitfire is the car made by Triumph. Made by Triumph. Yeah. Okay. So, no, this is awesome, man. I really love this ad. Like I was saying, I, I do kind of wish they standardized the unit of measurement of the cars. But yeah. That's nitpicking yeah. a little I just, bit. I like the comparison. I felt yeah. like it was from all the vintage style ads I go through. I felt like it, for some reason, it looked more modern, like something they would do today. And then just all the thought and like positioning this car in a very specific way from the copy and the visual. And just that staging question at the top. We don't do a lot of staging questions. I actually wrote copy for, I coached this agency CEO. And during the session, I wrote some copy for him. And one of the things I asked was, when was the last time you read a case study? Mm -hmm. and it was a staging question just like this. Yeah. We don't do that a lot, though, as marketers anymore. Is like ask questions that we know our product is the answer to. Mm-hmm. That we know our positioning yeah, yeah. is the answer to. I don't think we do a good enough job framing, like, because this does such a good job. How much of a luxury sports car can you buy for around two thousand? Mm -hmm. Now that's why I wish they start all of them at the tip. So it was like the Ferrari. You can really tell the difference. Yeah, it went just to this far. Lamborghini went a little farther. Porsche went even further, 
And then at the bottom, you had the whole triumph. Yeah. That's like in my head. Yeah, I thought yeah. I could like really stage it. One, two, three to. Oh. But the framing of that question creates the answer in the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you can do questions wrong. I, I think people stay away from it because when they attempt it, they almost like assume something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like we see it in SAS, like dealing with the ungodly amount of contracts you need to go through every month. And then they're like, well, what if they don't have that as like a massive pain point? Then are we like ditching that segment when we could still help them? So I think there's questions done where it's like you're assuming way too much within your question. Yes. Like you almost are. Oh, let's read their mind. And so let's ask them a question about something we think they're going through versus this one doesn't really assume anything. It's more of a a statement. Well, there's a reason for that. Let's unpack why that's wrong. People ask generic questions that are universal. And if your question has no risk, it's not a good question. So think about it. The question you're asking has no risk. So think about like this one. Do you wish you had more leads for your business? Everyone who cold emails me as an SDR who has some type of appointment setting service Mm -hmm. who cold emails me is like, or they'll ask you a question like, is your business ready to handle 20 more leads a day? Yeah. That's. If you ask a question that everyone could say yes to, like, do you want more money? That's like that. That's what I mean. That's a question without risk. To your point, people don't want to overassume, so they ask questions that have no risk. Yeah. But I'm saying the reason this one works is how niche of a question it is, just like the question I wrote for that guy the other day works because of how niche and specific. When was the last time you read a case study? Mm-hmm. Now you're like, uh, yeah, I probably couldn't tell you last time I read a case mm. study. And then the follow-up is, are you still using case studies for your own marketing? And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, something's wrong here because I just went yes, yes. And they were conflicting answers. Yeah, now that to me creates yeah. the pain for where I can present his product or service as mm. the solution. Mm-hmm. This starts with pain. How much of a luxury sports car can you buy for around $2,000? And you're like, well, a door handle, half a tire, and half a side window. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it gets you to even start thinking about buying a Ferrari. And that probably was not on that person's agenda that day is thinking about buying a Ferrari. And it's not selling Ferrari, but it makes you think about it to then position the Spitfire. Okay, I like this. Let's let's pull on that thread. Do you think this kind of ad is codependent on the purchase being impulse? Uh, I mean, it's, see it's tough for that to be in the car market, but I think it's leaning more towards that than most car ads. Because I don't think we think about the type of purchase that we're selling that uh, deep enough as marketers. Right. Yeah. So my point is like, am I advertising? Like, do I believe people buy Triumph Spitfires out of impulse and testosterone? And I'm selling them like sex to your point earlier of how they did car ads. Yeah. And I'm selling, you know, aerodynamics and speed or beautiful women or whatever that like thing is that they would do on cars that frankly they still do today. Mm -hmm. And do I think I'm going to sell someone? Most people today sell you on a car by like trying to put you in the car and imagining. Yeah, and you're drifting around a city in like a Lexus. (laughs) Well, it's two things. It's either the driving experience or the status of people looking at you. They do a lot of like. Look how good, pe- like, look how your neighbor, you know, like a lot of the neighbor ads, a lot oh, of yeah. That's people- a Buick? I hate those commercials. But you get oh what I'm saying, gosh. right? Yep. It's it's a status, right? So, so in most car ads today, they're using status as the driver. Yep. Or they're using driving experience. In this one, which you do sometimes still see, but not as much of, they're using price. Mm-hmm. Why don't, do you have, think about it. When was the last time you really saw price advertising most of the cheap products they don't advertise anymore like you don't see a ton of camry or corolla ads or civic ads yeah i mean they i haven't been in the market for a car in a while but they talk about monthly payments at the end of every commercial they don't talk about monthly payments at the end though do they no that's kind of my point no, they position the whole thing around price it. i th- honestly think it kind of that was probably a strategy for the car was impulse yeah you could afford it yeah you don't know this yet brady but you could own this car right now. Do no you way. want it? Like that's kind of to me. I mean, 33 is pretty much what I get on my hybrid. So, <laughs> and the same zero to 60. 
Zero to 60. She's going to triumph. I know. Said famous last words. It was like breaking down all the time. But no, I love this ad. Yeah, I think right. those are just good questions for our audience and us to even ponder is like, when, what kind of product or service are we selling? Do we want it to be an impulse buy? Do we want to lead with price? Mm-hmm. Are there framing questions we can ask that allow our audience to come to the conclusion that our product's the best for them? Yeah. Because you're not saying buy a Triumph Spitfire. You're saying you could get this much of a Triumph Spitfire for $2,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish we could see a recording of like the meetings for or these the focus ads. groups. Yeah, the focus groups. Because even like that pricing, and I don't know the exact year of this, placement magazines newspapers oh, why, yeah. why not i want i wish i could just unpack all of that just be a little fly on the wall yeah just like in today's age where we have all of our analytics and you know we can draw some pretty strong conclusions of the impact on things like for them it was a lot of upfront work and planning and analytics ruined everything man i wish <laughs> people would go back to doing ads that made you feel something and talk about it and had writing god forbid they made you read yeah, I love the copy on that. It's so good. Amazing work, Brady. I, I didn't it. make it. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, this is what I was doing last night. Just made a triumph ad. I love it. It was inspiring for sure. So market this today, Brady. I've got something special for you. Do they have a song? Do they have a song? Yeah, wait, tell me. Sing the song. Sing the song. I haven't heard In the song. In and out. I don't know how it goes. Sorry. In and out. In and out hamburgers, all about. I thought that was a McDonald's. Riley, can we get some auto tune in post production? <laughs> I'm serious. If we can get that, get some rights, put it on SoundCloud. Let's go. Yeah, that's the In and Out song. Okay, so we've got In and Out today, and we've been elected co-presidents nice. of the In and Out Corporation, and we've been tasked with one thing and one thing only, Brady. We need to bring in and out to the masses. First in and out on Mars. East of the Mississippi. Wow. We're doing it. We're moving east. Starting a war. We have to show people what good burgers are supposed to taste like. Sorry to all my five guys, Whataburger and P. Terry's folks. In and out will save your life and change it. And today we're going to talk about how we bring the West Coast superhero mm-hmm. to the East Coast. Okay. I think it's going to be... So one of the reasons they the haven't done it... The perception is going to be tough. According to them, though, the reason they haven't done it is we're fresh, never frozen. Yep. And we're incapable of identifying farmers outside of... This is where I get a little hung up. So all... I don't mean to all. Okay, I'm sorry. People have committed their whole life to this. In and out is a special group of farmers that they work with. I don't know how lax or how strict they are to be an in and out partner. Mm-hmm. But they have partners, I'm sure, if they've been working with for a very long time that supply all their stores, fresh, never frozen, yep. beef. Yep. And that's the foundational. Maybe f- potatoes, too. The potato. There's that Five Guys thing. I know they have, like, advertisement on their potatoes that they actually have a chalkboard that shows the farm it came from. I don't know about the potatoes, but they do not freeze the potatoes. And the potatoes at In-N-Out, they do straight to fries yep. there. Yep. Which is great. And that's why we all love it. Great customer service, clean stores, fast drive throughs They are a stellar fast food franchise. Mm-hmm. But we want to bring them to the East Coast. So let's assume we get the farmers right. Okay. Let's assume the operations of In-N-Out is functional, and that's not mm-hmm. what you and I are really focused on. Okay. We have to turn – it's almost like cool to hate In-N-Out. If you're not from California, like there's two camps. Oh, yeah, I've seen, yeah, like I've seen on food reviewers on YouTube go to in and out and then all the East Coasters in those comments is like, it's overrated, blah, blah, blah. It's a divisive issue in this country. Yeah. So there's people who love it and out and hate it and out. Mm-hmm. So first question I have for you, Brady, as our kind of marketer. Yep. Are we going to try to make the people who hate in and out hate us less? Or are we going to try to get the people who love in and out to love us more? Interesting. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. On the East Coast, you got in and out lovers. Yep. Who every time they go to California, first thing they do after LAX is they get they arrive at the airport yeah. and they go straight to in and out. We got those group. We also have the other people that li- make a living out of just hopping on Reddit and YouTube and yeah. forums hating on in and out. I think we can address them a little bit 
but I do think there's a large percentage that would write a comment on YouTube and then get their 10 hours early to be first in line when they open up the first one in, you know, Princeton, okay, New Jersey. I had this idea that you like. Okay. I hope. I'll let you know. I'll shoot it straight. Aye, aye. <laughs> I want to show haters hating on in and out but then secretly going right yeah. you have someone like hating on in and out but then like yeah i'll put it away they show them kind of like escape kind of like they'll get away from everyone yeah. and they like put maybe a disguise on even so no one will recognize them and they're just in there eating every bite loving every like licking their fingers just yeah. best burger they've ever had and then they go back the very next day to hating on in and out yeah and like the slogan's like you can't win them all or something like that. I don't know. I just had this like, I, yeah, I think, think that, it would play. It's kind yeah. of my point. No, I see that on local news. I think that would be a fun route of it. And then it would be pulled off of local news and be on social media and be like a social type ad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little viral kind of like social ad of like all the people who hate on in and out. Yeah. And it could start with like, you know, those uh, maps they do of all the states. Mm-hmm. And it can show it. We could put like the top burger in all the East Coast now, and every state is in and out. And this guy's just like, I can't believe this yeah, in and out's the worst. And then it shows later that night, he's like in the full, like obvious disguise, like eating in and out and be like, this is the best burger yeah, I've ever had. I can had. see like a super zoomed in photo of him with a Shake Shack bag and pulling out an in and out <laughs> burger. Yes. <laughs> but it's like a 300 times zoom, like yeah. video footage of it happening. That'd be pretty funny. I think, yeah, I think recruiting too. Like in terms of like, how do you change the perception? I think in and out has done such a good thing in terms of like hiring people in high school. And then some of those people stick around to manage one. And And they pay really well. Good benefits, pay well. Good benefits, good culture. And so I feel like you could take that piece of in and out and do some PR as you're building up a staff for those stores. And then I think like within those generational groups, like people are excited to share like, yeah, I'm working at the new in and out. And just from there, it kind of spreads through their peer group on like liking in and out because their friend got a job there and they're doing really well. Oh, I like that. So I think you can kind of fight the perception, the whole burger war by owning up to and representing just other sides of the business. You could also do maybe like generational advertising. So let's say we knew it was a long-term play. Yep. We could run ads where it was like kids taking their parents to in and out for the first time. And so it could be showing like kid right with their mom driving them mm-hmm. like mom, mom, look, there's an in and out. Let's go to now. She's like, I don't know. In and out. I don't know. Isn't that like a California thing? He's like, Come on, mom, let's try it once. And then it's like now everybody's like hooked. So I think you could almost start to show the behavior we want. Cause I don't know about you when I was a kid, I would always be like, mom, can we get in and out? Like I was always trying to get in and out. Yeah, that was like the spot to go. I feel like you could start to show that and start to get that like situational behavior of mm-hmm. like the kid being like, let's go to in and out when they drive by. Yeah, I like I love those ads too. the plant. Yeah, no, we yeah. call them like the plant, right? Just a little psychological. I feel plant. like they're, they're good during Christmas time for some reason. They do a lot that of type those. of. Yeah, there's I mean trying to think like the recruiting the generational i think there's an emotional ad where like they could do new segments about home prices in california and the west coast and then people like leaving their hometown and moving to midwest maybe even east coast because that's just where finances are pushing them and then in and out moves with them kind of thing everywhere you go we have your back yeah so now they have like a little piece of home on the east coast yeah, I like that. It's a bite of California. Yeah. I mean, it's a, where is In-N-Out? It's now in Arizona, Nevada. There's one in Austin. Oh, yeah, there is one in Texas. Yeah. How's that been? It was be an interesting case study because, like, isn't Texas where it's like, Whataburger is way... Yeah, there up? wasn't, like, crazy drive through line. Oh, interesting. I know. Okay, so, yeah, we really, you know, have, to, we really have to think about... Because in my biased opinion, it's like, yeah, they can make operations work once they're out there it's gonna be bonkers no it wasn't it wasn't bonkers in all huh. transparency living in austin 
I could get in and out when I wanted. I mean, I could get it easier there than I could here. Here it's tough. I mean, it's the drive-throughs are uh, dude. It's hard. Oh yeah. It's like, do I go in or do I wait in this fifty car line? Like, do you have a formula? I don't have a formula for being able to count the cars and knowing what the cutoff point is for the number of cars, which it is slower to wait than it is to go inside. I was curious. So, I don't get out much. I know that. So I kind of like just sitting in the line. Yeah, I'm listening to music. Like even my drives here, I'm listening to music, driving up, firing up. First the time I leave the house for the week, <laughs> and last time I leave the house for the week is on Monday to do the podcast. Oh god! But no, please. seriously. Like we've taught. Like I like picking up yogurt. Yeah, you're homebody, but you like to do your little like excursions. Yeah, yeah. Just time in the car, so I don't mind the long line. But every now and then, if I know, you know, I'm hungry. I don't know I if will. you had math formula because you're kind of the guy. Who, I know if you were like stuck in this environment a lot, you would start to count the amount of cars. So and then, like watch the red one and then see if you got your food and look out the window. Yeah, I've, tested, the red one. I, yeah, yeah. I, I've gone in <laughs> thinking like this is going to be way faster and it was probably the same. Yeah, it's tough. There's they always prioritize, they prioritize the drive-through. drive-through line. So I just sit in line now. I got an ad for you. Yep. We would. Enter into the market with a bunch of ads about our secret menu. Okay. Like the animal fries. Yeah, because they don't know about animal style. Oh, yeah. They kind of have to get caught up. Shoot. You got to get caught up. Yeah. 70 years is what we have under our belt. They don't know there's milk. They don't know that there's grilled cheese. They don't know that there's animal style fries. So I feel like we could like run an ad, like just a simple display type ad that's like, have you asked about our secret menu? Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you click on it, it'll take you to see your menu. If not, it just has the In-N-Out logo. Yeah. Now you're thinking about it. I think the social content is going to be natural, though. Like all the TikTokers are going to be doing comparisons. I'm a little worried about the shakes, though. They're the best. <sighs> you don't think I feel so? Like it could be the Achilles heel. Whoa. Okay, but they do a traditional shake. They're not doing like um, a Blizzard or like a uh, McFlurry. They don't have any Oreo. I guess that's the big gap. They don't have Oreo. Yeah, I just feel Everybody like else is Oreo. I feel like the fries are gonna, you know, do well at at, at court, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I think the burger is gonna stand strong, express especially at the price point. Protein style as well. The price point is nuts. Yeah, it's now. crazy. So that needs to be advertised. Um yeah, the shake. I don't know. You don't love the shake. I don't like the shakes. Why? So I mean we have some dissent in our mixed. Well, I don't understand this. Yeah. I think they, if you ever, next time you get one, they're yeah. pretty light. So I think their margin is too good on shakes. It's like a very airy, the way they make That's it, what I like, there's though. a lot of air in it. Yeah. So I feel healthier when yeah, I Yeah, it doesn't give me a stomachache. I don't like it. Isn't, <laughs> no, I would go Chick fil A cookies and cream way before I even do a Neapolitan shake. They're, mm. they're hard to, they're even, different things though. One of them's ice cream with Oreos in it, and the other one's a shake. Isn't aren't they both milkshakes technically? Yeah, I guess, but like one of them, like Chick Fil A, I feel like is ice cream. Like you could eat yeah. it with a spoon. No, in and out, it's different. It's like it's definitely a different consistency. I just don't really like. I do a protein style burger, and then I get animal style fries to cancel myself out. <laughs> <laughs> just eat the bun. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying point. to be health conscious. <laughs> It's, we all have our own little things. That could be a good series, though. You could have show all these different people with what their different orders are. It's so like my in and out order. Yeah. Because everybody has their own in and out order. Like, they like everything but no onions. Or they like everything but raw onions. Or they like everything with grilled onions. Or they like it but no bun, but they like animal-style fries. Or they don't like the shakes. But they do love the pink lemonade. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the pink lemonade. Pink lemonade, that's a California thing. Yeah. East of the Mississippi, it's always sweet tea. We have a good story with an employee where we went to in and out and we were talking about the pink lemonade and he thought it was strawberry lemonade for 26 years of his life. doesn't taste like strawberry. Though. Not at all. It's just pink. Yeah. So we, it was some education at lunch. I love years that. ago. Anyway, that was a, that was a side note. Now, Brady, what do you, I think we have to seed it with the influencers. So how many influencers do you think we'd have to reach out to on TikTok to get them to start like doing the comparisons? 10, 25 just a big one like addison ray does a tiktok yeah. video of in and out versus five guys i think we're probably good right 
I mean, I'd be curious how it would organically hit. I feel like in and out has made a big enough brand just yeah. on the West coast to where it's already good content for the influencer to do. So I'd be curious how it would just naturally hit, but then it, that style of not wanting to spend money probably fits well with in and out's <laughs> marketing team. I don't think they do a ton of marketing and advertising, no. but then it would be like, okay, how far did that go? And then is there any room to control the content? So I would do something too with location to your point earlier on around recruitment and their t- people. I would make sure we're by a college university because I think the price, the health consciousness, I think the college students, I think that could work like an area or an area with a lot of 30 somethings, like a lot of new families. Well, the college thing, you could actually probably look into where people come from when they attend that college. If they come from California, you could have a little taste of home right there, a little guaranteed Like my sister went to college on the East Coast, probably the only one in rainbow sandals. Yep. In the fall, right? Yep. Kind of stood out. That's so. another one we could do. We could do Rainbow Sandals. That's another great market. That list, would be a good way. one because they don't really. Coming next week. They're similar to in now. In yeah, sense. they are. California yeah. import, yeah. export kind of thing. Yeah, I think all those things are great though, Brady. I just think we would need to overcome the, I don't like everybody telling me how great in and out is and I don't have access to in and out so I'm just going to hate in and out which I think is what a lot yeah. of the East Coast has done. Like, everybody tells us how great it is, but I can't have it, so I'd rather... Yeah, they're jealous of it. Correct. They're jealousy, but how do you overcome jealousy? You open up a shop. Yeah, you gotta drive... Like, exposure, right? I think exposure is a great way to solve jealousy. Like, a lot of times, like, in our own lives, right, we'll be jealous of someone because we of what we think their life is, right? And then we get... We actually see behind the curtain and we're no yeah. longer jealous. Like, everybody's jealous of celebrities until they can't go to the bathroom mm-hmm. without... 400 cameras in their face and now they're not jealous of celebrities yeah so i feel like we would have to figure out some type of campaign that showed you like Mm -hmm. the truth of in and out and that's why i kind of like the undercover guy i think the undercover guy can make it like humorous enough that you could let your guard down Mm -hmm. and because you gotta get away for because think about it someone's been telling everyone in their circle how in and outs trash in and outs overrated you know these people by the way like i've met these people like they have like a whole persona around hating in and out yeah so i feel like we'd have to address that persona some way in a humorous fashion that let them mm-hmm. kind of take their guard down you know yeah i think the local news would be like there would be a whole local news strategy per location i like the undercover like almost controlled segment yeah because as much as there is the hate on the internet, if there's one opening up and there's enough PR about it, like people are going to go. And then yep. you have to let the product shine, prove it's it's like not one of those things where if you, if you go, even though you talked crap on it online and you like the burger for the price, you're going to go back. Like, yeah, I, don't think I think the, the whole family can eat for 20 bucks, right? Yeah, it's I love it. I know it's more it's Taco Bell's more expensive. And the food, you actually feel good after eating it. Like Depends you, what you get. <laughs> I don't I don't get the lettuce wrap like you. I'm getting double-double <laughs> animal-style ad chopped chilies, which is my strategy. Whoa, I think the chopped tell me about chilies, the chopped chilies. Break that down. I haven't had chopped chilies there before. Yeah, they, they really speed up your metabolism, and so I think it's healthier to – no, they're actually pretty spicy. Really? Yeah. They just, Chopped chilies. They take throw- their – yeah, well, yeah, I know the yellow pepperoncini. Yeah, pepperoncinis, but I think they're hotter than pepperoncinis. Really? Yeah, they chop them up and put them in the burger, get a little spice going. That's nice. I probably eat way too much ketchup, though. That's my health issue. But the ketchup there tastes different, too. I'm convinced of that. I use Heinz from home. Okay. But, but I, yeah, they do. It and the Thousand Island different. sauce. Everybody says they do the special sauce, but in and out, special sauce is different. Yeah. So I think we could just kind of hype those features up to a certain extent, you know, features. Yeah. I would and, like to do like yeah. display ads, like you're saying, like secret menu and just going to a new market. I'm curious how they launched. Um, they did one in Colorado Springs, mm. I think. And there was a story about like people were waiting almost a day. Correct. That's what I hear when they launch. I'm sure it was the same in Austin. But then how do we? That's my point. I think the I think you get that big launch, mm-hmm. like you're saying. Everybody has to go try it. But in and outs cultural for us. Yeah. It's not just a food spot. It's our food spot. 
Yeah, it's all it's like in our DNA. There's those moments, you know, it's you land at 6 p.m. on a Sunday and you're in the car ride home. Everyone's already thinking in and out. So how do we get it to that? Correct. That's my point. I what if we did an ad where it was like someone. It was a burger. And they had the burger like this in all the wrapping. You know how does the red wrapping and the the brown paper Mm -hmm. and they go like this and they bite it and their eyes close and it does that little dream music. And they're like a taste of California. That person would be surfing or they'd be walking the boardwalk in Santa Monica or they'd be on a boat or they would be doing the most stereotypical California. could be in the relocation ad. Yeah, it could yeah. be. And it would just be a bite. of We just call it a bite of California or something or a taste of California. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those campaigns could work. And then from there, it could eventually be like a taste of home. Yeah. And you could launch with the ads as a taste of California. But maybe after a year of running that, you could slowly start to make it a taste of home. Mm. So now that same person from the first ad takes a bite. But now they're in all the things that West Virginia does. Mm -hmm. And now it's taking them back. So it's like transcended from being a California thing to a like I think there's some creative ways you can try to tell this story. And because you do need to make a cultural shift for it to work. Yeah. I like the thought of like advertising thinking of the ads that you can only do in that first couple of years of making that move. Like you can't yeah. run that ad once you're there for five years. No, you can't. So I, I'd love that challenge. Like even for, you know, us and the macro economy and inflation, like how are we advertising in this moment? Wouldn't that be so much more fun though, if you had client partnerships where you could design a three year strategy of how you want to, change perception in a marketplace or a location or an industry yeah, it's so good it's so relevant that it doesn't work two years ago and it won't work three years from now but if we could like have everything be a 36 month view or like you know what i mean a hundred month view mm-hmm. in a hundred months how do we want an industry to feel about us yeah. or a group of people or a location yeah that to me creates the opportunity for more storytelling more influence more psychological kind of triggers and things like that that just gets me excited. I don't know. It's a very difficult task to bring in and out this cultural icon of California to West Virginia. Yeah. While keeping its popularity because is it because it's just West coast? Is that why we have all those lines? Like it would be yeah. interesting to realize any sacrifice that's made from the West coast revenue when it's on the East coast. Like, is it less special? I don't, I don't think that would don't happen think that would. just because I try to, it's in our blood. I don't think I'm an in and out guy because of all that it's because i like price. the taste and the price yeah it is taste and price i don't think it's because we're californian so we like in and out because we're from california yeah. just like costco is national and i costco hot dogs it's not taste because it's price. a west coast thing it's like no taste and price i'll go if i'm in hawaii i'll go if i'm here or traveling anywhere else i love it i love it i think we could do it i think it'd be effective i think in and out should do it frankly if yeah i i think so that is what's next for them. But I don't think, to both of our points, I think they do need to launch in these regions with a real marketing and advertising mm-hmm. strategy and not just think if they build it, they will come. Like yeah. I don't think Field of Dreams control the perception is going to be hugely successful in West Virginia because you're going to get negative PR. You're going to get the in-and-out haters. And I think you need a way to counter them. Mm-hmm. And I think showing the, internet, the in-and-out haters being haters is the best way to launch. Yep. I have to find that news anchor. It's going to bug me the rest of the night. I'll send it to production. Yeah, yeah, we got to get in. I know know the guy for it. All right. I love it. Well, that's episode 15. Like, subscribe, comment. Tell us what we should do market this next for. And uh, we'd love to hear some thoughts. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. See you next week. Later.